So first and foremost, I think the the addition of pant leggings is really when you start to see your heroes get watered down. Can't even muster the ability to play straight man that one. Uh, which is a good argument for absolute rulers. Everybody is going to get behind me. They're going to love me, and my support numbers will go through. When you hang out with the hero, it doesn't go well for you. My grandfather yeah. took the cop and just slid it right through the bar. Okay. And that became the dominant way our family did it. Okay. And so, <laughs> in both of my marriages, they were treated to that. Okay, wait, hold on. Yeah, rage haiku. How do you imagine the rubber chicken point? My grandmother actually vacuumed in her pearls. Oh my god, it all makes sense. We've had the sexual revolution. It yeah. might have just been a Canadian standoff. We're gonna go back to 9 11. Dude, get over it. Mm-hmm. No Agra has no <laughs> business being that thick. <laughs> With the cultists win, we all win. You know, it's interesting, the experiences that we've had in this show, mm-hmm. or the things that we've talked about in this show, uh, have actually informed uh, some of the decisions hmm. that that I've made regarding uh, my future as a homeowner. One of the most important things is, uh, thanks to our discussions of horror films and the different contexts in which we've talked about them, uh, is... Um, I'm going to make sure not to go, you know, dropping my cell phone on a hard surface in the middle of recording. <laughs> hey, um, it was good enough for Hound Dog, all right? Okay, Elvis all right. did it with Hound okay, Dog. Yeah, there you go. You also hear yeah. it in, uh, God, I forget what other song it is, but I think it's like, yeah, you really got me. No, it's um, it's, one where it's Louie Louie. You can hear oh, him drop the drumstick okay, and yell yeah, fuck. That's a good point. Yeah, so, that's yeah, true. Give me shit. That's yeah. Well, you know, not on, un, not if undo. I, yeah. If 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 roles had been reversed, like I'm just saying. Yeah. So uh, in any event, though, um, I I have determined that that when and if uh, we we do wind up uh, purchasing a new home, thanks to the tropes that we've discussed here on the show, one of the first things I'm going to do is I'm going to borrow a dog hmm. uh, from a friend. And I'm going to bring the dog to the home, and if the dog refuses to cross the threshold, mm-hmm. then uh, we're immediately going to be contacting the parish because, of course, Catholic. We're immediately going to be contacting the parish about about you know getting uh, uh, intervention uh, rather than. Uh, oh, hey, you know, that's weird. Sparky doesn't want to come into the house. I wonder what might be going on. Like, literally every fucking white suburban family in every fucking horror movie ever 
um, who, who, you know, the dog freaks out and, uh, they, they chain the dog up out in the yard and then wake up the following morning to find that the dog is dead. And, and then they just blithely go on like, Oh man, that's really sad. Okay. Keep moving everything in. Like, no, like call a priest smudge, like something maybe like some, some, some ain't right there, you know? Um, and I know that, you know, comics have, have made hay about the stupidity of white people buying houses in horror movies for, you know, quite some time. Eddie Murphy, you know, very, very famously uh, in, in a routine talked about it. But like, no, after our discussions of, of horror films and, and everything else, I, I've gotten genre savvy enough that that I'm, I'm not going to let that happen in my family for sure. What do you got going on? Well, I'm Damien Harmony. I'm a Latin and drama teacher up here in Northern California. Uh, I don't have these problems because my dog is deaf and blind. Uh, some say that when one sense fails, the others uh, comp- uh, sharpen. Yeah, no, not true. Uh, it turns out uh, they just continue to degenerate as a group. Uh, so uh, don't borrow him because he wouldn't know the threshold. He went sniffing my garbage can thinking it was my leg today. Wow. Yeah, just yeah, no okay. goes. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, but he's still my cuddle buddy. I still hang out with him uh, yeah. on the couch uh, quite often. So, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've got going on. Okay. I'm a boring fellow. So, All right. well, yeah, in, in some aspects, and then in others, you're not. Don't kink shame. No, I, I won't. <laughs> Pre-production meeting. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. True. Yeah. All, right. All right. So. What are we doing this week? Well, I, I figured it was time because uh, Disney is dropping all kinds of content soon and all kinds of like ads and, and trailers and stuff like that. And, yeah. and it occurred to me that like we saw WandaVision, yeah. we saw Captain America Winter Soldier, and we yeah. saw Loki. Okay. And it, and it seemed to me that you had two that were villains and one who was genuinely a hero. Okay. And that line blurred for the villains and the hero was villainized by a certain segment. And so uh, it, it occurs to me that perhaps we should actually give a good look at what a villain and a hero is and see if we don't have others that could blend over. Okay. All right. Um, I, I have a few that I think I could probably rant about. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, one way or the other. Villains who are, who aren't and heroes who aren't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, uh, you want to Rochambeau for it? Best of three. All right. All right. Here we go. Gotcha. All right. Damn it. I got you. All right. I I didn't do anything but rock. Yeah, ever. Rock always wins. <laughs> except that one yeah, time that you that did one paper. One time that I did paper. But yeah. I still end up beating people with. Here's yeah. the funny thing: <laughs> in both of my marriages previous, um, I still only ever did rock. I haven't done anything but rock since like 1996, and and people know this about me. And, and it's you kinda, still win. I do. So here's it's, it's number one. That's weird. Number two, you kind of are faced with a moral decision now, knowing that I'm going to throw a rock. Yeah. Well, how badly how do, you, do you want to win? Yeah. And so I just kind of put it on to the other person. It's a weird passive aggressive. Yeah. Passive aggressive. Yeah. And that's a remarkable level of mind gaming. <laughs> it, you know what there it reminds is, me? There is so much meta you know going that? on because you know I know. Yep. 
that you're only going to throw rock. Yep. I know you know that I know mm-hmm. that you're and like shit. What do I do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And eventually you just throw paper because what kind of dick wouldn't eventually like right? You know, like do you, you want to win? You, you got to give you something. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. So it it kind of reminds me of that. Uh, oh God, what was her name? The the gal who, um, who was it? Marina Abramovic. Uh, Abramovich, uh, the one who just sat there and, and basically there were like 74 items that she had on a table mm-hmm. and she would just sit there and people could do whatever they wanted with those items to Right. Her yeah. Yeah. In 1972. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, I, I clearly am on par with her. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. You're, yeah. So, oh my God, I could set myself up as performance art and just like, I will play rock, scissors, paper with you. Best two out of three. I yeah. will only ever throw rock. It's up to you what you're going to do. And I'll just keep making eye contact. I will eye fuck you while, <laughs> while I do that. <laughs> just- and, and, you know, um, I think you need to write that up as a as a grant proposal. Not for, about it. You know what? National Endowment for the That'll Arts. That'll be my OnlyFans. Oh, there you go. I'll have two OnlyFans because I was going to yeah. do one uh, called Working Hard. And it's just yeah, me just, doing, just you doing household chores, chores around the house. Yeah. yeah. Never anything sexual yeah. at all. Um, for and, a certain subset of suburban women, yeah, well, though, yeah. that like, would be... see, honey, he can do it. Yeah, <laughs> he's working hard. Um, I'm sorry, I'm putting on my Charon voice. Yeah, yeah. So I I always m- imagine Charon. I had a okay. student once translate. Yeah. His name is Sharon. Oh, okay. And from then on, I was like, oh my god, Charon is Karen's sister. She's the one who reserved oh the park. Oh my god! And so this is little Tucker's the, time. Yes. You you you're not your yeah. people need to not be here until eleven. Because this is our time. And yeah. Charon would come off the boat yelling at Aeneas with yeah. his Starbucks and his Lululemons. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you don't get to get... No, I've seen your type, okay? Your type, your demigods. And last time someone tried to steal our dog, okay? That's not okay. And he's got like a bob cut now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and just... <laughs> so the skull. Yeah. Okay. So, it just... Right. I really wish yeah. I could draw... Um, no fr- kidding. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, I, I, this is my other only fans, which is just, you want to play rock, scissors, paper today yeah. and I'll just, there you go. Yeah. Or, or if there's some sort of like, maybe I'll, maybe that'll be like TikTok content for me there you where go. it's just, you want to come live. Okay. Yeah. Here, you right, got here best go. of three. Your best of three. Yeah. How badly do you want to win today? Yeah. Cause this is all yeah, I'm going to do. All I'm going to do. And really it's yeah. me pounding my fist into yeah. my hand. So it looks mildly erotic. Vaguely, yeah. So I wouldn't like, even say mildly; it's vaguely. Vaguely, it's yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, erotica adjacent. Yes, like, yes. Like it's it's there's a parallel there, right? But it's subtext. Yeah, like the yeah. motions are there. Yeah, but no but human should else. do those motions like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and we're back to king shaving, right? <laughs> no, I just mean okay. physically. There's a lot yeah. of chafing that would happen. Yeah. You see how tight oh, my oh, fist is yeah, for this? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not okay. Yeah, that's that's just not. I mean, unless you're into that. Again, I'm just saying. no, I would say until the pandemic is over, yeah, uh, you have a moral responsibility not to chafe yourself to the point of needing to go to the ER. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good so point. Throw good paper. Point. There you go. Throw okay. paper. Slap it on top. That's fine. <laughs> like that's. Wow. Oh, All right. So uh, I won. So yeah. I'm I'm going to go. Uh, <laughs> the rest of us all. Everyone lost. lost. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so you're gonna go first. Are yeah. you going to villainize a hero or I'm going heroize to, a villain? I'm going to I am going to lionize 
a villain. Okay. And I'm going to start with the most unlikely hero that a villain is. And by unlikely hero, I don't mean like, oh yeah, Thanos was right the whole time. No, I mean the guy that you're like, he did nothing important. Okay. And that is Walter Peck. Okay. You remember Walter Peck from Ghostbusters, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. If ever there was a man born to public service who was trying to do the right thing and ran into greeting protagonists, it is Walter Peck. He worked for the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, right? Right, right, right. The one started by Nixon. Yeah. Uh, He wanted to verify that the media stories about a new private contracting group commonly referred to as the Ghostbusters. Right. Uh, And additionally, he was rightly, as it is his purview of his job, concerned with the Ghostbusters' possible environmental impact. He said as much. Okay, yeah. They were operating on homemade technology. I mean, they had a colander, right? Yeah. Um, And uh, that was way beyond the wiring capabilities of the building, as they had admitted when they first leased the building. Yes. Uh, He wanted to assess the presence of noxious, possibly hazardous waste chemicals created by the Ghostbusters storage facility. Okay. Peck did the courteous thing, too. He sought to gain through professionalism and courtesy what he could have just demanded by right of the agency. And as soon as he meets with Dr. Peter Venkman, he is immediately slimed. Yeah. Speaking of environmental concerns. Yeah. Like, and Peck lays out quite clearly his requests. He's very direct, very clear, and he lays out his reasoning for them and the necessity for this. And Vankman, instead of cooperating, antagonizes Peck to the point where Peck gives him one last chance before coming back with a court order. Yeah. Faced with no other choice, given the pollutive possibilities proposed by the presence of the poltergeist portability production paraphernalia purveyors, Peck produces a proper cease and desist order, promising prompt proprietary pause of the Phantom Prison's power supply on the property. You're very proud of that, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, the last time I did something like that, it was all bees. So yeah, okay, I just yeah. turned them upside down. Yeah, there you go. Now, on paper, the word phantom also starts with a P, so yeah, I get credit well, so, for that. Yeah, okay. It's half a point. So yeah. now he saw the potential risk. He assessed the potential risk, and he acted within his means to do so as an official from the EPA. Now, I'm not here to say that it went well. It did go badly. This is absolutely true. But he had no way of knowing that. Venkman was not a reliable narrator. Neither was Egon Spangler. Neither of them said, oh, here's all the regulations that we followed. Here's our licensure. Nothing like that was posted. Okay. Well, hold on, though. Sure. Hold on, though. Sure. Um, They are both professors. They are both doctorates in parapsychology. Uh huh. So, so within their field, uh huh. Within their field, yeah. They're experts, yeah. Right. He's a government official who's supposed to be like dealing with scientists, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to argue. Okay. Okay, Venkman, I can't argue with. Right. Venkman was just a sleazeball and a prick. Like, yeah. there's no like, you know. Um, He's we, literally slimy. Yeah, li- literally, <laughs> quite literally. Um, but but uh, Spengler. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I don't think the issue is a lack of, of reliability. I think it's a lack of communication ability to the normals. Yes. I'm going to argue mm-hmm. that like if, if Spengler had not been hampered by his inability to talk to regular people. Okay. He, he might've, he might, you know, there might've been, sure. there might've been something closer to a meeting of the minds there. The trouble is Venkman mm-hmm. was the interlocutor. Yes. Between Dickless, I'm sorry, I mean <laughs> Peck and and the rest of of our protagonists and sure. so you know, he portrayed Peck as However, you know, this 
you know, needle dick jerk. And right. that was how everybody else then interacted with him. And then, and then we get to, uh, stance mm-hmm. Ray and, and Ray is just one of those kind of people. He, he who bandwagoned. Like, yeah, I mean, he well, one, one, he bandwagoned. He's a follower of personality. Yeah. Number one, number two. Well, he's the heart of the Ghostbusters. He is, he is, yeah. he is. And, and, and the thing is, not only is he the heart rather than the rather than the head, but he's he's also uh, one of those kind of guys who's like, don't you it, it like obvious? Come mm-hmm. on, it's right there. Mm-hmm. And like, no, you're operating at a doctorate level mm-hmm. in parapsychology. Nobody else in the room understands that shit. And again, can't talk to the normals in a very different kind of way. Okay, but here's the thing: okay. two two things with that. One, parapsychology does not make you an expert. An environmental impact. Granted, but what I'm what I'm, I'm talking and, about, and I'm talking about uh-huh. when they when they told him, mm-hmm. okay, look, if you do this, mm-hmm. if you just shut it down, right, it's going to be a catastrophe, right. Let us try to explain why. No, but they had their chance, and that's the problem: is that the the Egon Vankman fucked him exactly. Okay, Egon's handicap him. is that Vankman represented the Ghostbusters. Yeah. And uh, and and that was the problem because okay. at this point Peck is like this is a very ne- needed thing to do. Um, he even told Vankman that he'd had his chance and that this was now necessary because he couldn't get through professionalism what he needed to get. Now, Dr. Vankman then goes on to state that he would not be held responsible, which is a really weird take given that he'd claimed that he didn't have to abide by government requests previously. Pick one. Okay. Fisher cut bait. Yeah. Okay. You know. All right. Yeah. Now, did Peck take what happened too personally? Yeah. Um, but was he doing the job that he was hired to do? A job which has helped clean up the water, clean up the streets, and the waste production of our country? Also, absolutely. He is a hero of the most common type. He is the kind that we don't normally think of. He's a bureaucrat in a very important agency designed to keep us safe from capricious and irresponsible business owners. So I okay. think that he has been much maligned. Um, and again, afterwards, he absolutely took it very per- personally, but they kept antagonizing him during a crisis. Um, and I do think that at this point, he uh, he has bought into his own narrative by the end. Mm-hmm. But all the way up until Act 3, Walter Peck is every bit the hero. I think he's a tragic hero. Um, okay. Probably to the level of, um, I'm going to say Jason and the Argonauts. No, okay. No. <laughs> all right. Well. All right. No, I I think there's a compelling argument there. Yeah. Um. I I I get what you're I get what you're saying there. Mm-hmm. Um. I I think he's also hampered narratively. Mm-hmm. Uh. By the fact that Ghostbusters was made in '83. Yeah. 85. Yeah. It came out in '84. So 80, yeah. Okay. So made in made in '83. It's the the height of the Reagan era. Yes. Libertarian when government is not the solution. Right. Government is the problem, and I can't do a good Reagan impersonation. To well, yes, life. but no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Government is not, not the, the solution. solution. Government, government is, is the, the problem. problem. Yeah. Um. And and so simply based on where the zitgeist was, uh, you know, federal government employee is gonna be shorthand for ineffectual hobbling self-important oh yeah you know i yeah. mean like you know yeah. all, all all of everything that is that is attached to his character mm-hmm. um like even when he is trying to get everything 
through professionalism, uh-huh. even when he is doing his job the right way, mm-hmm. the way he is portrayed is as being unctuous and and officious. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and so I think he's he's kind of boned just by the role he's supposed to play in the story. Sure. You know, in the same way that I've I've you know spoken up for for you know Dumbledore kind of being fucked. Yeah. For the same reasons, it's like yes, he does some shit that makes him a dick, but like, look at how he falls into the narrative. Right. You know. Right. Absolutely. All right. So, so all right. Who are you going to lionize or uh, cowardize? Um, I'm going to start mm-hmm. um, with possibly the one that is hardest for me to do. Oh. Panthera. This is most. Oh. No. 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 Um, so I'm I'm the Warhammer 40k guy. Yes. Of the two of us. Yes. And, and I have two heroes from 40k who I'm going to take down a peg. Or, okay. Or three. And I have one villain who it's gonna hurt to do this, but I'm I'm going to have to I'm I'm gonna have to stand up for him. Magnus the Red. Okay. And you're like I have no idea. So yep, I've got yep. I got to give some background. Sure. So in the 40k universe. Uh, back in the 30th millennium or 31st millennium, the emperor uh, wound up creating the Primarchs. He created okay. 20 demigod level superhumans who okay. were going to be the genetic pattern and and the the commanders for uh, his his space marine legions. Okay. They were going to be the leaders of his great crusade to spread out through the galaxy and reconquer. I mean, reunite the human race <laughs> as it had spread out across the stars. Okay. And in the process of creating them, mm-hmm. the forces of chaos swept through his laboratory and picked up the infant primarchs and transported them throughout the galaxy, spread them out onto a whole bunch of different planets all over, all over everywhere in it as a way to try to thwart the emperor's efforts. One of those infant primarchs was Magnus the Red. Okay. Um, who is one of the few primarchs who is physically clearly a mutant. Most okay. of them, most of the primarchs, at least when they first showed up anywhere. is You said you're going to take them down a peg, so I assume this is a hero in the lexicon. No, no. Magnus the Red is a villain who I'm lionizing. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll, I'll get there. Half of okay. half of the Primarchs... I'll, I'll cut some things out. I'll, I'll fast forward a little bit. Half <laughs> of the Primarchs sure. fell to chaos. Okay. And and essentially, it's like the war in heaven from, from Dante. Okay. Uh, the half, half of the Primarchs fell to chaos and led their space marine legions in an attempt to overthrow the Emperor. All right. Half of them remained loyal. And so the the half that fell became the leaders of the Chaos Space Marines, who are one of the factions within the game. Magnus the Red is one of the Primarchs who fell to Chaos. Okay. And every one of the Primarchs who fell is attached to a certain kind of cardinal sin. But half of them is ten. Except for the fact that two of them are uh, the unknown Primarchs oh, that are not spoken of. We know nothing about them. Sure. In game, that's a way for you to go, oh, yeah, my Space Marines, nobody knows who their Primarch is. They're descended from one of the two lost ones. I you like can, this paint scheme. Yeah, and you okay. can do whatever the okay. hell you want to do with it. Cool. 
Okay. I like that then. Yeah. I like that. So, so, and then anyway, they've, they've built everything up. In sure. The lore. And anyway, so there's all kinds of epileptic trees theories about what happened to him. But so Magnus got deposited as mm-hmm. an infant on a planet that had been colonized a couple of thousand years before by humans with elevated psychic potential. Oh, I remember them. And they had gradually, over that thousand years, they had built this society where everybody on the planet was at least a little bit psychic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of them were very powerfully psychic. Okay. And they had gathered lore Mm -hmm. from every place they could. And essentially they had like the galaxy's version of the Library of Alexandria. And they were all scholar mystics. Um, with big brains and big big brains wireless technology wireless, to each other yeah okay. all that kind of stuff sure um and magnus uh-huh. developed his own prodigious psychic powers from infancy mm-hmm. and he became the most powerful psyker of the primarchs okay so did the rest of them like have it through some other means and he did it through some sort of primogeniture or did everybody just kind of develop it on their own and all roughly had the same level you're talking about the primarchs yeah, or, yeah, the, the the psychic ones, okay, their well, psychic the, powers, the, the, did they the all human, develop? No, some within the 40 For the Primarchs, for the Primarchs. Oh, for the Primarchs, yeah. we, no. Okay. Uh, Magnus is the big psychic. Okay. Several of them are, like, they they Like they minored have, in it? They kind of, yeah, they okay. kind of have, they kind of have the mojo. Sure. And then there are some of them uh-huh. who are like, no, no. No, no, not that's my witchcraft. Jam. No, okay. not my thing. No, fuck that. No. Okay, sure. And I'm going to talk about one of them when I knock down a hero a peg or two. <laughs> um, and so Magnus developed his psychic powers, uh, uh, learned more psychic stuff from the emperor, who mm-hmm. was the most powerful psyker in the human reaches of the galaxy anywhere. Okay. And in the course of his psychic studies, mm-hmm. He encountered intelligences within the warp. Okay. And this is before anybody knew who Chaos was, except the Emperor. Okay. He encountered intelligences within the warp, and he made a bargain with them to save the lives of his legion. Because his his, okay. his sons, his space marines, were, first off, a whole bunch of them were psychics. Mm-hmm. Because they were his. Right. From his genetic template. He'd spawn them, yeah. And additionally whole bunch of them were falling prey to mutations that were destructive. Okay. He made a bargain with this intelligence in the warp that sure. promised that, no, no, I'll stabilize your men's, your, your guys' mutations and, you know, and, and they can, they can build their psychic powers. And so his legion became warrior, magi, superhumans. Okay. And his planet, he helped the people of his planet build it up into this glittering, edifice of knowledge and culture and all of these things Mm -hmm. and then the emperor came along and said psychic powers sorcery specifically sorcery Mm -hmm. is dangerous okay so no more of that shit so don't do the thing don't don't do 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 that don't do the thing that you've been doing and have been successful at doing so don't Knock do that, that voodoo off. that you do, do so, so well. well. Oh, I, yeah, I'm not even mad. Um, and and there they had they had the council at Nikea, the planet Nikea. Oh, okay. They had the council on the planet Nikea. Sure. Emperor mm-hmm. telling everybody, don't do this particular kind of right. stuff. Anyway, 
So, um, and Magnus argued. Magnus essentially became the so he's Lucifer. Leader. Well, sort of. So he, you're rehabilitating Lucifer. No. Good for you. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> Um, I, I attend a Jesuit parish. It's what we do. So, but he, he, he said, no, look, look at what I've accomplished. Like, right. look at what more we could do. This, sure. this, yeah. this doesn't know you're, you're cutting, you're cutting off an arm. Right. Of, like the whole human race. Right. Why should and we emperor, kneel to these humans? Yeah. The emperor, nice. The emperor listened to him. Uh-huh. Listened. In air right, right. To him. The emperor then heard from a number of other primarchs who were like, No. I grew up on a planet where it was ruled by psychers and they were terrible and they murdered people and like psychics are bad. Okay. By the way, that same Primarch was another one who fell to chaos for different reasons. But anyway, mm. moving on. Um, and so Magnus was in the end, the emperor said, Nope. Sorry, bud. Knock it off. Yeah. I've, I've heard from both sides. Black no. smoke, not white smoke. Yeah, no, yeah. we're done. And the emperor fucked off back to Earth to work on whatever secret project it was that he had going on that he wasn't telling anybody about. He's either. doing hot emperor shit. Yeah, he's doing yeah. hot emperor shit. I love that. <laughs> and so Magnus went home to his planet mm -hmm. and brooded and meditated and and cast his consciousness out into the universe. Basically did exactly what the emperor told him not to do. Right. Because, like, come on, man. And in the process of doing that, he picked up on psychic vibes and figured out that Horus, the, the emperor's chosen son, who was now leading the crusade to okay. conquer, I mean, reunite all of humanity. Sure. Uh, was going to turn on him. Okay. And he immediately gathered up all of his psychic might and flung his consciousness across the stars toward Earth. Mm -hmm. And in the process of doing that, in order to warn the emperor of what was coming... He shattered incredibly powerful psychic wards that the emperor had put up mm. and created a rift through which demonic entities nearly overran Holy Terra. Oops. And, and, and totally shattered the emperor's project. Sure. Destroyed a whole bunch of stuff, caused all kinds of damage. And the emperor then sent mm -hmm. uh, Lehman Russ and the Sixth Legion later to be known as the Space Wolves. Okay. Vulca Fenrica to to punish him. Okay. And and make sure he understands you violated right. my orders. And along it's, the it's way It's the it's the what did I just say? What did yeah, what did I just tell you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And somewhere along the way the uh the the powers of chaos corrupted the instructions that got sent to the Sixth Legion and it got changed from sanction them to, no, no, sanction them. Uh, capital S, sanction. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. And so the Space Wolves show up sure. on Tizka, the planet of sorcerers, and they blow the shit out of the place. All of the all of the normal humans, everybody, uh, all, all, the, all the civilians got evacuated off of the planet before the Space Wolves arrived. Mm -hmm. And Magnus... Not wanting to to defy his father any further, ah. locked himself up in his tower and said, "I'm not going to fight them." Mm. And he ordered his legion, "You're gonna put your you're gonna put your weapons down. You're not gonna fight them. They're gonna they're gonna show up, and we're gonna accept our punishment." Okay. Because 
because he hadn't gotten the memo mm -hmm. that the punishment had been changed from sure we're gonna drag you to Terra and you know give you a smacking on the behind to mm -hmm. no no we're gonna kill you all well the space wolves showed up and the thousand sons mm -hmm. Magnus's legion said no we're warriors we're not doing that fuck that you were right they're a bunch of fucking howling barbarians by the way literally because space yeah, wolves. wolves yeah and so no we're gonna fight so they started fighting so they lucifer lucifer yeah okay and then the space wolves were winning sure um magnus, let, me, let me guess magnus couldn't stand by and let his people get slaughtered couldn't stand by and watch his sons be so be he's destroyed. essentially acting morally and knowing that this is going to be a problem and then he cried out to anyone or anything that would listen so including demons that were just let yes. through yes oh to save is. him yeah. and his sons yeah at which point um uh layman russ he and he and layman russ had gotten into a fight sure layman russ was picking him up to break him over his knee ah bane bane, bane and batman style bane and batman sure. and then zinch the changer of ways the mm. chaos lord of magic intervened sure. pulled magnus away pulled all of the thousand sons who remained away mm -hmm. and left their their planet the planet of sorcerers as a charred smoking husk mm. at which point now uh, magnus had no choice but to throw in with george hw bush yes because the thousand points of light yeah yeah there you go wow Actually, had never thought of that, but <laughs> had no choice but to throw in with Horace. Oh, okay. Because there was no way. Which is the guy he was trying to warn his dad about. He was trying to about. warn his father yeah. about. Right. And so there is there is a line within the the 40k fandom that says Magnus did nothing wrong. That that is the tagline. Okay. Magnus did nothing wrong. Okay. There is a counter argument, which is normally my thing. Mm -hmm. No. Fuck that. Magnus did everything wrong. Yeah. Magnus was a self-important, thought he knew everything, smarmy little shit who didn't understand there was a bigger picture. Da -da -da -da. But for this one time, for this one time, I got to tell you how much yeah. this fucking hurts. Okay. I was this gonna, is painful. Because I, I got to say, it sounds like he was not given the information, so I can't hold him responsible for not knowing the information. And so it seems to me that, like, yeah, you kind of have to be a bit of a moral relativist on that. It's, it's, you know what it is? It's what did he know? When did he know it? Yeah. Yeah. It, no, and, and there, yep. and, and on that level, uh -huh. yes, there's a legitimate argument to be made. Mm -hmm. Could also be said that, you know, he was a poncy little drama queen, but, well, and it but depends, all of them were. It depends on your philosophy. Yeah. If you're a consequentialist, then he was clearly in the wrong. Yeah. If you are a, uh, constant, kind of person there, mm -hmm. there are moral constants if you're yeah. an existentialist you yeah. would say no he 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 made the best choice and now he's living with the consequences of it yeah, yeah. each time yes yeah so now and yeah so anyway that's that's okay magnus the red sure villain who maybe who had I a really admit, good point maybe he had a point maybe he got done dirty okay there i like it i so, like it all right well, let me do a hero. Okay. And I'm going to take this hero down uh, a peg. Um, and I'm going to actually slice the, the needle uh, real thin here. Uh, not that's, only... <laughs> that's a mangled metaphor if ever I heard one, but okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's a camel any way you slice yeah, it you... through the needle. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Getting back to biblical references. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So I'm going to go Star Wars. Okay. And right. I'm going to argue that Anakin Skywalker yeah. is a villain. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yes. Okay. But I don't... not for any of the reasons that you think. Ma- mass murder of an entire nope. tribe. Of- nope. Leaving that aside, we're we're gonna mass set aside of children. Genesis. Yep. Setting aside. Just like okay. Yes. Uh. So episode two, we're gonna go to episode two. Okay. Where he genocides a Bedouin tribe. Yes. And then goes back to his girlfriend, and she's like, "Oh, it's okay," which is weird. Okay. So so I'm gonna say yeah. maybe maybe we could we could have a conversation at some point about um, enabling about, about her genocide. Yeah. Him? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. But and I'm also not going to say that he's a villain because of his pogrom against the Jedi. Well, no, because we've heard you go on about that one. <laughs> but so also, you don't know. get to slaughter an entire religious order, even if they had it. Yeah, coming. yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. So they had it coming because they were dumb, not because they deserve to be killed. Okay. It, yeah. yeah. Um, play stupid games, kind of yeah. thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I'm gonna say that he's not a villain for either of those reasons. I am going to say he's a villain specifically. Because he steals a bereaved man's droid. Okay. This is what makes him... This All the other stuff, you're like, okay, but at the same time, he threw the Emperor down the shaft, so Arson, we're murder, equal. and jaywalking, it is yeah. then. Yes. Okay. So, send weapons, guns, and money. The shit yeah. has hit the fan. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> So it's the jaywalking that really does it for you. It tips the balance, yes. Yo. Okay, so here's okay. the thing. <laughs> He, because again, he threw the emperor down the shaft, you know, 20 years later, uh, yeah. while the emperor was torturing uh-huh. his son in front of him. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, fair's okay. fair. He, he zeroed the balance there. But this never got zeroed out. Okay. Speaking as a Catholic, <laughs> number one, that ain't how it works anyway. Number two, even if you interpret dogma badly, mm-hmm. still not how it works. No, but he, anyway. he ended the emperor that he literally put into power okay, um, okay. well yeah, on a poetic level i okay yeah. anyway so so, so all of that theft. everything else zeroes out all of his heroism is zeroed out it's one-to-one okay. all the way across you killed off an entire religious order that was dedicated toward keeping yeah. peace in the galaxy yeah. for uh-huh. twenty thousand years yeah but you also killed the one guy so you know fair is fair okay um you <laughs> You killed yeah. an entire Bedouin tribe, but you also blew but up a lot of droids at one point. Okay, okay. Um, you, you, you know, you, yeah, okay. All you, right. so you brought okay. back the so word this, wizard, this is, okay. you know? This is the tipping so, point. Yeah, this, this is, is the tipping, tipping point. point. So okay. it's episode two. Right. Episode two. Um, he goes and finds his mother. Yes. Uh, he also has met his stepdad, a, yeah. man who, a man who bought her freedom and then let her live free. Uh, you know, he, he bought her freedom basically. And then he began to court her after she had gotten over the trauma of that. Yes. And then, uh, and then they fell in love as older folks often do. And, uh, they started making a life together and she helped raise his son. Yes. Owen. Um, and, uh, it was a very good tight knit blended family. Yeah. Um, 
Anakin shows up, and I don't even mind the disruption to the family dynamic that he had planned to create. Uh, that's fine. He's a teenager. You get you get you get some leeway there. But Anakin shows up, goes and rescues his mom from the Sand People, yeah. who had slaughtered like a whole bunch of the surrounding farmers because there were issues that were being fomented and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and Klieg lost his leg. In the process. Yeah, okay. Uh, so Anakin goes and finds his mom. Uh, turns out he didn't get to her in time. That is a bummer. It's really sad. Uh, too bad he didn't learn how to, like, bring people back to life. Um, yeah. You know, but it's also too bad that Ray healed a sandworm instead of her friend Poe's arm. Uh, but, um, so, that happened. Right, yeah, okay. Uh, but, uh, so he, um, he, he comes back with her body, which is awesome. I think it's really good closure for the family. Uh, they can truly mourn her now. They have a grave site and stuff like that. He buries okay. her, and and again he's grieving. So I give him a lot of leeway for being a dick. He's a, he's a teenager. It, he's he's yeah yeah fixed with massive power. Um, but then when he leaves, he takes C three PO with him. Okay. Now people will argue that C three PO was made by Anakin as a child. However, he left C three PO with his mother, a gift to his mother. Uh, apparently, slaves could own property. Fine. Totally fine. Um, That was a a Roman thing. Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, and Watto was chill enough about it. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So uh, mom got to take C-3PO with her. Yeah. Uh, She is legally married to Klieg. Therefore, when she dies, her property reverts to her husband. Okay. Anakin did not say, he did not even say, hey, I made that. I'm gonna I'm take it with me. No, they literally just took it on on board the ship and absconded with a droid that speaks the 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 binary language of moisture evaporators, which are very necessary when you're moisture farming in Tatooine. To the okay. point where Owen was looking for just such a droid. Twenty years later, his family was missing that. So okay. Anakin is 100% a thief. I wonder if that colored the relationship that Owen later had with Luke. Uh, I would say it colored uh, Owen's idea toward Anakin because, oh, this guy just stole from my bereaved dad uh, the one droid that really made our lives a little bit easier right after my stepmom's funeral. Like, okay. He came and then he took away our stuff. Like he didn't even say, um, would it be nice if or whatnot. Okay. And it's not like 3PO served any goddamn purpose for the next movie. No, it's, yeah. Yeah, like he yeah. literally got his head taken off shortly thereafter. So if you want to argue that uh, 3PO oh, yeah, is a sentient being, then that's a problem too. But either way, this is the thing that makes Anakin a villain. Okay. Grand Theft Larceny of a droid. Okay. Yep. So so auto theft. Yeah. Effectively. Automaton theft. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I genuinely don't know. How to black that? Um, That's how airtight I, my case I, is. Uh, okay. And then if he gave. If that's the tack you want to take. And on ultimately, that, then he yeah. then gave that stolen merchandise yeah. to a rich woman. I mean, good heavens. Well, okay. Very much signaling that he was going to side with Palpatine in that way. Yeah, I think you're reaching there. I don't. I don't think that was no. I, I think. I think what signals is going to side with Palpatine is all the genocide, <laughs> the callous disregard the for callous disregard for Tuscan for, life. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. Also, also that 
Yeah, also that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, arson, murder, and jaywalking. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, okay. Oh. So, All Anakin, right. villain. Okay. I, yeah, I, I think... <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to how to state what I want to say here. I, I think you're you're um embroidering a case that's already pretty well stitched up. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. That's I think like Yeah, it's I, I it's kind of I don't, I don't I don't think you need the red accent stitching on the black leather. It's it's like that one. It's already pretty tightly put together. It's it's there. like when like, you know, if, if if William Wallace gives his big speech to everybody and like, oh, and then somebody comes out and goes, and 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 let's not forget the important laws about abutment on church grounds. He did that too. Yeah. Yeah. Like like literally nobody yeah. gives a shit. Yeah, it's like no, let's go into that mall because the zombies can't get to us there. And there's an orange Julius. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's I like that one yeah. too. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I lifted that from somewhere. That can't I'm, be mine. Yeah, but yeah, still pretty good. All right. All right. All right. So my uh, my my next one. Yes. I'm gonna now. now I'm gonna take a hero down. Okay. On a peg. Um. Dr. Henry Jones Jr. Jr.? Yes, Jr. Um, so when I was a kid, I wanted to be an archaeologist. Okay. And the reason I wanted to be an archaeologist is because you were searching of, for fact, not truth. Uh, okay, that too. Okay. Yeah. But uh, because I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark. And all the hot dames he gets. Yes. Yeah. yeah as yeah. co-eds. Yeah. And, yeah. and... <laughs> And and I I wanted to be Indiana Jones. Sure. Now here's the thing: there have been plenty of other people, plenty of other people, yeah, who have written far more uh, complete, far more uh, inside baseball mm-hmm. explanations mm-hmm. of why exactly he is a terrible archaeologist. Oh yeah, yeah. Like like all of the like stuff he doesn't do. He like, doesn't like, make a grid for doesn't, anything. Doesn't make yeah. a grid for anything. Doesn't document anything. anything like anywhere. But I will give him a full pass on dumping over that thing to dive back under the petroleum so he doesn't catch fire. I'm act- yeah. I'm cool with that. Like, okay, you yeah. saved your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. fair. Uh, yeah, and any any kind of of desecration mm-hmm. committed in in the process of actually saving his own life. Yes, I think we can we can be a little bit lenient with. Yeah. But but here's the thing. Mm. Um, uh, Indiana Jones is not only a bad archaeologist. Mm-hmm. He he is a hero mm-hmm. because he punches Nazis. Yes. And that's that's like I can't take that away from him. Right. Right. However, he's also kind of that shitty moderate liberal who is like, no, no, oh. no. The Nazis are bad guys. But have you noticed how much stuff he does that involves exoticizing non-white cultures? Um, the oh, very no. opening yeah. of the first film, mm-hmm. like the iconic, this is how we get to know who this guy is, mm-hmm. is him by himself without any academic support, without anybody else there, without a native interpreter, without consulting with the locals, he's climbing into, I don't know, is it a temple complex? Is it a tomb? Like, we don't even right. know. Yeah. There's this idol. 
Right. Now, it's an idol. Yes. We we hear it repeated, throw me the idol. I, yeah. I'll, I'll throw yeah. you the whip. Right, right. So, right. so an idol mm-hmm. indicates it's a holy object. Yes. It is a sacred object to a group of people. Also, it appears to be made out of solid gold. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's monetary issues there. But sure, sure. So, so he is he is in the process of sneaking past a native tribe somewhere in the Amazon, right. presumably, right, um, in order to steal a golden idol that he's going to take and put in a museum somewhere. Yeah, that's true. Oh, because because remember his refrain: it yeah. belongs in a museum. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's in a temple. Yeah, it belongs there. There, they appear to be actively using it since they try to shoot you full of fucking arrows. Yep. Also, it has still extant and very active security measures. Yeah. You know, I mean, this nobody, true. yeah, nobody like, and we can't even try to argue. Well, you know. It'll be it'll be safer under the watchful eyes of Indiana State University's right. museum. Like whoever the fuck it is he works for. Never like did we find out what university he actually works for? Is he at Yale? I mean, we, yeah, that's a good question. Okay. Yeah, but but so he's got to be museum, near Washington D.C. He's yeah okay, yeah. but but so all the same. What, what museum is it he's right. going to put this in? And. Honest to God, in 1930, whichever year it is the movie's supposed to take place in, mm-hmm. in that, because it's before 39. Oh, he but, was at University of Chicago. Okay, University Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Because if you zoom in Still, on the post. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Okay. Should have so, mailed it to so, the Hawks Brothers. Yeah. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Is the University of Chicago in 1938, 37? Mm-hmm going to have the ability to keep that idol somehow safer than the giant set of traps you nearly got killed by in order to plunder it from the natives <laughs> you had to who undo tried to kill you on the way out. Yeah, that's true. Okay? Yeah. So, yes, he punches Nazis. Mm-hmm. Points for punching Nazis. He's still a colonizer. Yeah, you're absolutely I was going to say he sounds British. <laughs> Yeah, like, you're such children. We need this like, stool. Like, yes. Yeah. Um. You know. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. I did some more looking. Uh, yeah. He uh, taught at Marshall College in Bedford, Connecticut, and Barnett College in Fairfield, New York. Both fictional. Yeah. Okay. So it okay. wasn't University of Chicago. But, maybe maybe he did his grad yeah, work there or something. But um, still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You point out. Yeah. Neither one of those sounds like a place that is going to have. That's like, true. He's not. It's not going in the Smithsonian. Right. And even that, uh, and, you and still don't get to still don't appropriate other people's property. Yeah, sacred object. I'm gonna say, yeah. sacred object. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And then, and then, um, at the beginning of um, Last Crusade, mm-hmm. he winds up as a kid thwarting somebody thwarting who did basically who's basically doing the same thing he's doing later on. Right. The difference is they're doing it. Because they're actually on a no shit treasure hunt and they're going to sell whatever it is to a private collector. Which, I'm sorry, Indiana Jones still gets a retainer fee from, from Marcus Brody. Yeah. He says, and my normal, yeah. and you know, my, my normal, normal fee. My normal retainer. Right. So, so it's not different. Like, yeah. You're, oh, you I know, 100%, I'm on board. Of yeah. a university or a museum, like, no, y- dude. All you've done is legitimize it a little. 
but not even. Yeah. I mean, too. Now, admittedly, again, the movies are relics of the 80s. We're living in an era where, you know, we recognize you the, shouldn't do that the shit. wallpaper of coloni- colonialism. Yeah, but movies are, are eternal, so yeah. I don't mind them meaning different things to different people. Yeah. So, yes, Indiana, so, you're 100% right. He is, you know, he is a, a, he is a hero who in his spare time is a fucking villain. Yeah. Yeah. Who's, who's a, a shitty tomb robber. Yeah, he really you is. So, I'm yeah, sold. And yeah. that, that hurt. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was painful for me. I'm so. sold. I'm sold. I, I do like that. You didn't even uh, just like I did with, uh, my very clear, um, argument about why Anakin is truly yeah, a villain because of um, the auto theft. Yeah. Not because of the genocide or, yeah, or any of that. Yeah. You, you didn't bring up the fact that he slept with Marion before she was of age to consent, uh, or, no. or, 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 yeah. or, yeah, no, yeah. no. So, okay. No, I'm taking a more political yeah. point of, yeah. of his villain. Like, like him being a sleaze bag. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, that's also is, true. Is, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. also a factor. It, it would be like being like, like, <laughs> and I'm also going to say yeah. to figure out that he slept with Marion before age of consent, you'd have to do the math, mm-hmm. which when we're talking about, well, she uh, literally says I was a child. Oh yeah. She does. And he says, you knew what you were doing. And it's like, ah, uh, okay. buddy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. All right. Do you want yeah. me to, to heroize a villain or villainize you, a hero? You do you, man. Okay. Uh, let's see. I've done Walter Peck. I have done Anakin. I am gonna I'm gonna turn another hero into a villain. All right. Um, this is less a villain and more just nowhere near the god that everybody thinks he is. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm so gonna... we're knocking a hero down a peg. We're not. Yeah. We're not yeah. So uh, Starfleet's worst engineer. Without a doubt, Montgomery Christopher Jorgensen Scott, serial number SE19754. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, that's gonna come up. That's oh, gonna come up. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So he might be on the right side of things, but nothing about what he does shows anything other than a man who's constantly putting out fires on a very poorly built ship. Okay. And he's either doing that or he's so dreadfully incompetent that he thinks it's the best ship that there is to the point where uh, and, and he's still terrible at its upkeep. Like okay. it's, it's never in good working order to the point where he actually starts a fist fight when somebody questions the quality of the Enterprise. Right. OK. No, no. You're for it. Then. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't question it. Yeah. They, they called it what it was. Oh, it should be hauled away you know as what? garbage. That shit was falling apart every five seconds. Well, all right. No, you know what? Kirk was demanding 150% and efficiency that's all, he all does. the fucking time. And that's all he does. Yeah, right. Name, that's incompetent. Come on. That's nigh on Scotty. No. Okay, here's the thing. No. What else does he do besides coax more out of the engines to go faster? What else does the fucking script give him the opportunity to do? No, you can't do that because nah, Indiana Jones, because of the script, yeah, stole a golden idol. Right, fine. All right. So he may be entertaining. I'm not saying he's not, but he's rarely honest with the captain about the ship's capabilities. Or he is so in a, in incredibly incompetent that he's thoroughly unaware as to its capabilities. Yeah, no, we we know canonically. He's, we know yeah. canonically, sadly. Yeah. I can't counter-argue that one because he <laughs> said as much to Jordy. Yes. 
Like, yeah. yeah. And okay. it, even then, I still think that he's gaslighting himself, quite honestly. I think he's a stone-cold moron. I really do. I think he's outkicked his coverage. He has no idea how to do the thing that he's supposed to do now. <laughs> outkicked his coverage. My okay. brother, when he was in the Army, he sprinted the mile. And that put him in a certain bracket yeah. that he had to stay within now. Oh, but yeah. he'd done everything his absolute best and now suddenly that pushes him up instead of doing what he normally could do and actually work toward improvement yeah you know and i think that scotty's tested really well on one test like he took the asvab and just happened to get all the right questions yeah and they're like all right you're an engineer and he's like oh shit (laughs) also Uh, if the ship is so poorly or well in his uh, mind designed then why is their chief engineer working half of his time in the transporter room. You can't tell me it's a manpower issue. There are over 400 people on that ship. And there's almost always another technician in there to go. Boop. Surely he's able as an administrator to put people on that shift. But no, he's the transporter chief most of the time. Meanwhile, he can't get the shit to go do anything. So without a doubt, he is one of the most fun characters in Star Trek. But on a ship that depends on fragile crystalline structures for faster than life travel, I want competence. And he has none. So he is you know villainously I'm incompetent. Even, I'm not even a trucker and I fucking hate you right now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, are you prepared for, for what you're going to yeah. find in your yeah. Twitter feed? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I, I've had to go dark before. I'm not even. So. I'm not like I said. Like yeah. Trek isn't even like my main fandom, and yeah. I'm pissed. Yeah, I can't really argue <laughs> any of the points you bring up, but man, am I angry about it! <laughs> God. That's why I usually make people angry. <laughs> yeah. Is because I'm right, and I know oh. I'm right, and I know that you know I'm right. Now I know what it's like to be a conservative on TikTok. <laughs> like I am so. So impotently angry right now. <laughs> well, take someone down okay. a peg or raise right. up raise up a whore. Okay. So Or pull um, down heaven. Yeah, okay. So I'm I'm now I'm gonna again mm-hmm. sympathy for a devil. Sure. Um Lord Soth. You Where the fuck not... are you getting these names? Well, Dragonlance. Oh, haven't gotten there yet. Okay. okay. All right. Or or no, don't think we've gotten there yet. Okay. No, you're in you're in the first book, so you, yeah. you haven't met him yet. You, Lord Soth, by the way, mm-hmm. is uh, within the history of D and D an important character because he is the first named Death Knight. Okay. Now, Death Knight, of course, is a specific undead creature. Okay. Uh, introduced in the Fiend Folio. Uh, which has its own interesting history, but but the the Death Knight is an it essentially is a anti paladin version of a lich. Mm-hmm. Is the easiest way to describe it. Um, they are they are the the fallen souls uh, or or the reanimated corpses of a fallen paladin. Okay, and so um, Lord Soth is this truly terrifying villain. Uh, later on in the in the Dragonlance trilogy, uh, you're still in the first book, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. Right. We barely so got we okay. barely got across the first bit of water. Okay, so yeah, no, you you haven't yeah. you haven't met him yet. 
Um, but, uh, he, he shows, I want to say he shows up in book two and you learn his backstory. Okay. And he is, he is mostly the dragon Mm -hmm. in a, in a trope sense. Okay. Um, the dragon high Lord Kitiara, the commander of the blue dragon army is, is kind of the big bad to his dragon. Okay. And he is this terrifying presence who, you know, is looming and scary and, even Tasselhoff says that he felt kind of funny when he encountered Soth. Okay. And within the game, of course, because the novels are, are based on, yeah, on yeah, yeah. you know, the, the canonical uh, uh, playing of the modules. Right. Um, uh, a Death Knight has an aura of fear. Okay. That it can inflict. Uh, Which and so, like and that strikes you to your core. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's it's a paralyzed. I'm trying to remember what the effect was within the game, but it's essentially right. You're you're paralyzed for a round or two. Right by soft core. By nice, nice. Not even <laughs> mad. So now the thing is, of mm-hmm. course, within the setting of Dragonlance. Sure. Um, if you're going to be a paladin mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in first edition AD and D in Dragonlance, there weren't any paladins. There were knights of Salamnia. Okay. Soth was was a knight of Salamnia. A fallen, yeah. Right before the cataclysm. Ooh, okay. Because again, undead, so like right, right. centuries old by the time of the events of the books. His backstory is he was one of the pinnacles of the Order of the Rose, the, the highest of the three orders of the Knights of Salamnia. Mm-hmm. Knights of the Crown. Knights of the Sword, Knights of the Rose. Okay. And he is referred to as the Lord of the Black Rose, is his epithet, once he becomes a Death Knight. And so he was the the epitome of knightly chivalry. Uh-huh. He was the, the, the guy that everybody in the knighthood wanted to be. Sure. He was born to incredible wealth. He was the exemplar. He was the exemplar. Yeah. And, and the knight's now, exemplar. Yeah, nice. Again, still oddly this evening, <laughs> not even mad. But um, his his circumstances were that, of course, being as he was, essentially a duke, a, yeah, a very very powerful nobleman. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to one of the commanders of this knightly order, as a nobleman, he was betrothed in a political marriage. Okay. Okay. Sure. And he fell in love with someone else. With an elf maiden. Oh, okay. And the long and the short of his story is he was sent out uh, as the cataclysm was about to happen. Yeah. Now, I don't want to spoil too much. I don't know how much they've gotten into exactly how the cataclysm happened yet. Barely anything. Okay. Yeah. Well, they, they flesh it out in other series. Later. Sure, sure. In Dragonlance. Basically, the king priest of Istar, mm-hmm. as the the pope, essentially, of mm-hmm. the of the gods of good, Okay. Uh, prior to the cataclysm, essentially became so powerful that he called on the gods. He, he, made, he made evil illegal. Okay, and essentially, and then he called on the gods because mm-hmm. he was such a powerful. He was, you know, twenty fifth, thirtieth something level cleric in game terms. He called upon the gods to remove evil from the world. 
And I, essentially, that, I've read comic books that yeah, doesn't that go well. Never goes well. Never goes well. So he essentially created the cataclysm. Right. And you know the fiery mountain fell out of heaven. And, sure. You know, but I meant well. The blood sea of Istar. Yeah. Well, Soth mm-hmm. was sent out on a mission. So he's responsible for the Warren Beatty uh, and Dennis Hopper movie. No, uh, Dustin Hoffman movie. Hmm? Ishtar. <laughs> That's his fault. We can blame him for that too. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. somebody has to take the fall. And he made a battlefield of their earth. So nice. I can yeah, okay. lay that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah, totally. We can blame him for that. Yeah. So did his armor sparkle? Was can we pin glitter on him as well? No. Okay. Was he no. chubby at all? Can we pin jiggly on him? Ooh. Might be pronounced Geely. I don't know. It's Geely. Okay. And and now I'm kind of pissed. <laughs> like, good day, sir. <laughs> um. So, but by yeah. this time, sure. the Knights of Salamnia had become essentially the the, the military arm of mm-hmm. the king priest's army. Okay. Or or, or of the church. Mm-hmm. Um. And so Soth got sent out on a mission prior to right uh the the cataclysm happening and kind of fix what's going on to kind of kind of fix what's going on and there's kind of it's intimated Mm -hmm. that if he hadn't failed morally in this clutch moment Mm. there might have somehow been a chance that the that the cataclysm might have been avoided okay But, but it's not ever it's not ever explicitly stated that like his failure was one of the critical right. elements to it happening, but it's like hinted at. But he wasn't up to the task. He so wasn't up to the task. He didn't meet the challenge. Because he got sent out on this mission, and partway through it, he found out mm-hmm. that his secret affair mm-hmm. and the, the half-elven love child he'd had with his other woman uh-huh. were going to become public knowledge. And when it did, because he had committed adultery right. and violated the measure. Mm-hmm. Have you heard much about the oath Nothing. and the measure? Okay. So Sturm, yep. who you have met, yep. um, spends an awful lot of time worrying about the oath and the measure. Okay. The oath, est solaris of mythos, my honor is my life. That is the core thing of what it is to be uh-huh. a knight of Salamnia. The measure is all of the rules that the knights wrote over centuries in order to say this is how you live according to the oath. Okay, yeah, yeah. And one of the things, okay. kind of like the Jedi got ossified and lost sight of what they were supposed to be doing. Sure. Part of the story of the Knights of Salamnia is they lost sight of the oath and started paying too much attention to the measure. They thought they were the cure and they didn't meet up to what yeah. they needed to do. Yeah. That's what happens with Salamnia. <sighs> Cured meat. okay that hurt so in any event by the time of the cataclysm Mm -hmm. the measure was way more important than than the oath pharisees essentially yeah Yeah. i was gonna say sadducees Sadducees. okay i've I've had it pointed out to me by a a jewish acquaintance that that um the the pharisees Uh uh, theologically are actually the ancestors of, of modern day judaism and and the ones we should be as non-Jews looking at as, as uh-huh. when, when we say Pharisees, what we mean spiritually is more Sadducees than Pharisees. Right. Well, anyway. Okay. Okay. I just, the legalism of the yes. Pharisees. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. And so. The Sadducees, their thing was they didn't believe in bodily re- resurrection. So they were sad, you see. Nice. 
Um, so anyway, he knew that because he had violated the measure in that way. Sure. He was going to get kicked out of the knighthood. His lands were going to get taken away from his whole, you know, like everything right. was going to be destroyed. Sure. And so he turned around. This is the second character. <laughs> yeah. He turned around yeah. and he headed home. Uh-huh. And in a, essentially what, what I believe was a kind of murder suicide thing because uh-huh. he was in a position where he realized there's no getting there, out of there this was no getting out of this he um killed killed his wife killed his lover oof and then the cataclysm happened oof and killed him so he's got but two really fucked up so stains badly, on his yes. soul yeah and so his soul was so badly damned yeah. that he came back yep as a death knight now this doesn't make him a hero right but it also makes him kind of more of a tragic figure okay that because because again based on the circumstances he was surrounded by Mm -hmm. there was no way he there was no getting out of the situation in his culture he was yeah i i understand yeah like like Oh, we are going to talk or, about the pre-production meeting. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Core Uranus. <laughs> no, the Shakespeare play. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one. That one. <laughs> yes. Um, talk about and, a pound of flesh. And, yeah. I just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, but, you know, yeah, he, yeah. he, he like, like a Roman in similar circumstances. Yeah. Like suicide is the only way out of this. Sure. You know, it's the murder part that I'm taking murder, issue yeah, with. The, the murder part says yeah. the guy who yeah. brushed who, that who aside on Anakin. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Hypocrite much. Like, you I'm know, not saying those things like, didn't exist. I'm just saying what pushed him over. over yes. Well, okay. And what I'm saying here is, <laughs> you know, it, his, his, his child as a mm-hmm. half elf prior to the cataclysm and mm-hmm. after ever would have been an outcast. It would have been, been terrible. Yeah. Had a terrible life, yeah. you know, whatever, you know, the villagers would have probably burned his elvish wife, you know, right. With yeah. 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 Works, you know, he, the, the son could have only yeah. like worked on a beach or something like far away from people, you know? Yeah. Well, cause I David mean, Tasselhoff, uh, no Kender. Uh, oh, felt. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kender. You're right. You're right. Sorry. It's Return to Kender. Reach. Yeah, okay. So, so in any event. Sure. Lord Lord Soth yes. is portrayed in the books as this terrifying, menacing, oh my God, you know, demonic kind of figure. And he is. Yeah, they're not wrong, but. But. Not without cause. Not without cause. Okay. And, and, okay. and when, when you look at his his story in in its own context Mm -hmm. um it might be a stretch to say he's a tragic figure but he becomes more a uh an object lesson in uh the price of obsession Mm -hmm. because there's an element of jealousy as well part of part of his his what he found out there's there's kind of an othello factor because he heard that you know his his lover was cheating on him right might have been part of what was going on so in any event yeah okay that's that's all right my 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 not really defense but my explanation sure explication there you go 
you know, soth. All right. Well, we've got time for one more. So okay. if you don't mind, I'll take the no, no, stage yeah, on this ahead. one. Go ahead. Um, which means this will be an ongoing every once in a while kind episode because yeah. I have several that. Oh, yeah. That, no, you had a big long list. Yeah, I, also yeah. true. Uh, but uh, that I haven't even gotten to tonight. Um, but uh, let's see. Do you want? Uh, do you want a cartoon or a live action movie character? Let's go with a cartoon. Okay. Uh, all right. Because we've done several live action. That's true. Let's let's hit okay. animated. Okay. So, can you name me the most productive and ambitious advisor to an emperor? Most productive and mm-hmm. ambitious advisor to an emperor. To an emperor. Starscream? No, he didn't. He, he's Megatron. More... No, I. Come I, on, I, rightful I, ruler of Cybertron. No, I get that, but he. In what way was Starscream productive? Ambitious. Well, I said productive and ambitious. You gotta have both. Oh, never mind. Yeah. How yeah, about? Yeah, I don't know. Let's see if you can. Hey, Isma. Ah. <laughs> okay. Isma. Okay. You cannot name anyone more productive and ambitious. That combination. Okay. Could have taken that empire. Okay. Places. Uh, she's it, dude. She sees Kuzco for the self-absorbed and deleterious to his own people brat that he is. Um, okay. If if you look in the very beginning, Cusco is seen having a man bodily hurled out of the top of a very tall palace simply because he was in the way during a small bit of a dance that he was dancing mostly for himself. Yeah. He did that. That's capriciousness on on a oh, level. That's, that's yeah. Wackus bonkus. Yes. Of, of crazy. Pants. Yes. Yeah. Cusco also claimed eminent domain where it it wasn't needed to apply i mean he he was going to completely he wanted pacha's land uh a peasant simply because it would work for a summer spoiling himself pool property and there was a hill right next to it that was just as valid that nobody lived on we know because at the end of the movie he decided to use that yeah so he was really ready to displace people like i don't know the person who built dodger stadium in la okay uh, Cusco is also an incompetent at best leader. At worst, he's malicious and capricious as well as thoroughly inexperienced. Okay. Further, Isma is old as hell and scary beyond all reason. Uh, and she, <laughs> she inspires loyalty though. Despite this, she inspires loyalty in those who work for her. Witness Kronk, who because could have. She's scary as hell. Like, oh, he's not ever afraid of her. That's a good point. He is thoroughly loyal to her. That's true. Yeah. I think that maybe says more about Krunk than about Yzma. Uh, you know, he I'm could have his... Krunk. I I am too. Gonna, but know. I would say that he he could he could do whatever he wants. He could write his own ticket. He is a very handsome fellow. Uh, he is yeah. a very well-apportioned fellow. Yeah. And he's clearly very capable at most things. He could cook. He can scout. Yeah. He can carry shit. Oh, yeah. He can be a porter. Yeah, no. He can do all kinds. Of, he can sneak. He yeah. can come up with his own uh, theme music while he sneaks. Yeah. Like all these things. Yeah. And he and yet she is compelling enough as a leader for him to be loyal to her. Um, it's also uh, true that uh, she advised Kuzgo since forever and his family. It's heavily implied uh, that she she advised his family forever. 
Uh, and by extension, on some level, she helped raise him. And when Cusco fires her without cause, with no explanation as to who would take her place and continue to advise him, so she wasn't even going to train her replacement, she decided, okay, it is time to take matters into our own hands. Uh, he's clearly not a competent leader for our people. I need to remove him uh, quickly and take over because this is going off the rails. It's not about her wanting to rule just out of spite. She clearly sees that he's turned into a poor ruler, and for the sake of everyone, even peasants like Pacha, she's clearly going to be the better ruler. Now you're staring at me askance. Are we really sure her motives are anything like that pure? Well, I would say this. Um, She doesn't want, well, she's merciful and practical when it comes to killing him. Okay. She wants fast-acting poison. She does, at one point, let her anger get a hold of her, but then Kronk says, you could just save on the postage and squash him. She's like, never mind, let's just poison him. Call it good. Um, And the poison would have worked if it wasn't watered down with plant water, um, and it would have been painless. Um, And and she certainly had the option of turning him into a flea and then crushing him, for instance. Uh, But instead, she eschewed that in favor of leaving his corpse intact, which would allow the people to mourn his passing, participate in a meaningful ceremony, and then move on. And she she had big plans for her takeover, too. Uh, So this isn't caprice. This is improvement. And she was quick on it, too. Well, he ain't getting any debtor. And then let's go. You know, yes, we've had our moment. We've got an empire to run. Here we go. Uh, when she realizes he isn't dead, she also recognizes the instability that this would cause and represent to the empire. And so she seeks to finish the job. She, she takes no joy in this, by the way. You can't say that she doesn't follow through. Okay. Her failures notwithstanding, okay. she tried to take over during a very unstable uh, executive leadership. She invoked the 25th Amendment. <laughs> and did her goddamn job. <laughs> and your interpretation of this has not in any way been colored by the last five years of our life in this republic. I, I'm not going to say that it hasn't been <laughs> accelerated. Um, but I think my point still stands. Okay. Yeah, she right. she is much more capable leader than, okay. than he is, and yeah, you you have to kill him. Bar. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Can't say that the last five years haven't had an effect. Uh, but she does have to kill him. That's true. Okay. But, I mean, honestly, what's the lifespan of most emperors and most empires anyway? Okay. I yeah. mean, yeah, if we're taking, taking mean uh, yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there are going to be a very few whom we know and study because they're the exceptional ones. Yeah. Ramses, Uthman... Uh, Augustus. Augustus. Ner- no. Uh, what's his name? Not Nerva. The guy came after him. Trajan. Trajan. Um, oh yeah. You know, yeah. and you uh, can you can name uh you Aurelius. know Tokugawa. Yeah. You know, um, Meiji. Meiji. Well, yeah, we talk about Meiji because he 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 was the first one to become a figurehead. Right. So, I mean, but also he helped transition into the modern era and his line is still alive. Granted. So, okay. Roosevelt. Yeah. Honestly. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 
Fair. So anyway, that's uh, right. that's that's my argument for okay. uh, why she is in fact a hero. Okay. Yeah, she's a tragic hero. Okay. Uh, she even like I mean she puts herself in physical risk. She gets beaten like a pinata at one point. Yeah. Um, and then when she gets turned into a cat, she still stays around as a mm. cat. That's true. Like she still does the job. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. So that's that's it for this episode. Uh, we will revisit this because there are others uh, who deserve uh, another look. Do you have yeah. any on your list that you want to give people a, a peek behind the curtain on, or do you want to let it, uh, let well, it fester? Uh, right now, mm-hmm. um, I do want to bring up the the God Emperor of Humanity from Warhammer Forty Thousand. Is is a dick bag? Okay. Um, terrible father. Okay terrible father um and yeah just not not nearly the the super decision maker hyper competent dude that you know uh his fanboys would have you believe okay um and in the moments i have before the inquisition find me Mm. and uh, put a bolt through my brain uh, i'm also going to sadly have to admit that um lehman russ Mm -hmm. Uh, is is not the heroic good guy figure okay. that that me and a lot of his other fanboys would would like to uh, characterize him as being. Okay, that's fair. God, that hurt to say. <laughs> so so painful. Any any of my forty k friends uh, who've who've listened to me rant about this knows that that was that was a huge. <laughs> Huge thing for me to say, but like, who, who, who else do you have that you might want to give oh, us a taste of? A little preview. I've, I've not touched Marvel yet. There's a couple characters in Marvel. Uh, okay. I, I will just leave it at that. Uh, I will say Brigadier General uh, Francis X. Hummel will, will be examined. Okay. Uh, Admiral Ozel. Um, okay. The Architect. Uh, Iceman. Jack Shepard. Rick Grimes. Okay. Jenny. Okay. So, yeah. All right. And like I said, there's a couple from Marvel. Uh, also, uh, might do a bit of a look into um, uh, Reed Richards. Also from Marvel, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then... I'm interested uh, which way that's going to go. We've, <laughs> True. We've, we've said a lot of stuff about yeah. Reed Richards yeah. already. Oh, he's, he's a fucking villain. Okay. Um, All right. And then uh, also uh, the the... Uh, bad guy from the Incredibles. Okay. Oh, syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I think he's much more of a democratizing revolutionary than people give him credit for. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, All right. but in the meantime, what you're reading? Um, well, I'm not actually reading it yet, but it is on my need to find it list. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I have to find it. <laughs> Well, while you're doing that, uh, I'm I'm reading Tribe by Sebastian Junger. Um, okay. It's about uh, soldiers when they return, okay, and what they face. Uh, it's it's been recommended to me like a number of times when when studying traumas of people, um, and I'm I'm starting in on that. Okay, so yeah, it's 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 really good so far. Harrowing. Um, he's written a few other things uh, okay. that that have been really good. Sebastian Younger is a really good author. Okay. Um, does fairly short books too, um, but uh, he he does a, a really good job of it. Okay. So, 
Anyway, very cool. what'd you got? All right. So I found it. Um, what I, what I am very, very interested in picking up and, and having a read of is the dawn of everything, a new history of humanity, Ooh. uh, by David Graeber. And now I've got a pop up, uh, by David Graeber and David Wengro. And, um, we have forever portrayed our, our earliest ancestors as, as being very primitive and childlike, depending on your political aspirations and how you want to try to use them. We, we say they're either free and equal innocence or that they were, you know, nature red and tooth and claw, you know, violent and thuggish. And, um, Wengro and Graeber, um, talk about the historiography of how those theories emerged and then they look at the archaeological record and the very earliest historical records mm. to point out places where, no, no, we made choices. Humanity made decisions that led to agricultural societies being hierarchical. Nice. You know, and and so it is it is a it is a deconstruction and a reframing mm-hmm. of how the world got the way it is. Um, and so I'm, I'm really interested in seeing what it is that they have to say, Mm -hmm. uh, in that, in that argument, because of course, right now that I'm teaching the sixth grade curriculum at the very beginning of the year, the agricultural revolution is part of what we're teaching. Right. And that is, you know, I mean the, the historiography we're teaching of it is, um, straight out of the 19th century that you know we we our ancestors settled to get a more reliable uh food supply you mm-hmm. know more stable more, more stable kind of situation and so naturally because you have more people you need to have bureaucracy and you need to have leadership and you need to have government and you sure. need to have this that and the other thing and essentially Graeber and Wengro are saying I uh, know we we chose to do it that way we have an alternate set of set of bits of evidence if we want to look at, you know, native cultures who were agricultural and didn't do that the same way. And then and then they look at the way 19th century thinkers looked at those cultures. Yeah, there we and go. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's yeah, I like I'm it. looking I'm really looking forward to it. I like it. Cool. Well, where can people find you on the social medias? I can be found on the socials medias. Uh, as uh, E.H. Blaylock on Twitter and Instagram, and I can be found at Mr. Blaylock on okay. the Tiki Talk. Mm-hmm. How about you? Uh, you can find me on Insta and Twitter uh, at Duh Harmony, two H's in the middle. Uh, and you can find me on the first Tuesday of every month uh, doing capital puns. Uh, capital punishment on twitch.tv forward slash capital puns and more importantly by the time this airs i think you'll have time to go out and get yourself a ticket because capital punishment is coming back live on january 14th to luna's you have to be vaccinated you have to show proof of vaccination ten dollars a ticket uh come on down shout stuff out help us spin that wheel it has been damn near two years so very cool yes so anyway i'm stoked i'm excited uh where can they find this podcast uh and us collectively collectively the two of us can be shouted at if you want to come at damien about his slander against montgomery scott uh you can find us at geek history time on twitter 
Uh, and we can be found at ageekhistoryoftime.com. Uh, and also the website, the, not the website, the podcast, of course, can be found on the Apple podcast app, Twitter and Spotify. Uh, and when you find us there, please hit the subscribe button and please give us the five star review that, you know, we've earned, uh, you know, Damien's heresy about Montgomery Scott, not, you know, not, <laughs> not, not applying there. And, uh, you know, please recommend us to friends. Uh, as Damien has pointed out, we have a little bit of every, something for everybody. Yes. Uh, you know, find an episode that they might like, recommend it to them. Mm-hmm. And there you go. Yeah. Geekhistorytime.com. Geekhistorytime.com. Yeah. There we cool. go. Well, for A Geek History of Time, I'm Damien Harmony. And I'm Ed Blaylock. And until next time, keep rolling 20s.